So, this morning, we are talking about goodness. And as you would have seen from the preaching plan, that was the subject that we've got down for the 4th of November. So, the passage that we're looking at is the passage from Galatians. where Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. It's Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And the passage simply says this. Paul has been talking about living by the Spirit and not giving in to sinful desires, and he's listed some pretty unpleasant sinful desires that, um, that were rife in the church at that time and around, around the church, in the, the culture of the day. Um, he says, in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, a long list of things. And we can, we can look at that and we can say, yeah, there's not a single thing there that I, that I disagree with. There's not a single thing there that I don't think is, is um, a, a, an excellent facet of the human character. If we can display those things, we're doing well. But this morning we're focusing on goodness. What do we mean? What is it to be good? It's important that when we're talking about a word, we, we know where we're starting from. Um, Timothy, can I call you over? This morning I said to Timothy, can you think of a couple of examples of things that people might do at school that are good and things that people might do at school that are bad? So, don't name any names, will you? But, what sort of things might people do at school that are good? Help tidy up. Helping tidy up? Yeah, okay, that's brilliant. And what happens? If you help tidy up, then, then what, what happens? Everything's all tidy. And is the teacher pleased? Yes. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. So helping tidy up, that's, that's, that's a good thing to do. Brilliant. Okay, um, what, what else? What else is a good thing that you can do at school? Good playing and good feet and nice hands. Good playing and good... Good feet and nice hands. Good feet and nice hands. What, what does that mean? So, like, no kicking or any punching or something like that. Okay, so good playing and no kicking or punching, because that's not good, is it? Okay, brilliant. So, that's, that's two good things that, that you can do at school and you get told that is good. Okay, um, can you name a couple of things that maybe aren't very good? If when it was tidy up time, then you could get all the toys out or not here or something. Okay, so when you've been told to tidy up, if you keep getting toys out, then that's not very good. Yep, okay, anything else you can think of? Not really. No? <laughs> Okay, Tim, thank you very much. That, that's, that's very helpful for starting us off in a sermon. Good work, thank you.
So, to start with then, at a very primary level, we, we know the difference between what's good and what's bad. Good is when you're told to do something, when you're told to tidy up, getting on with it and helping tidy up. Bad is hearing someone say, time to tidy up, ignoring it and getting all the toys out because you want to carry on playing because you don't want to stop. Okay, that's helpful. From a, from a very sort of, you know, a, a primary level, I think we can all understand the difference between good and bad there. Our language, though, has developed over time, and we do this, don't we? We, 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 take, we take a concept, good, bad, two absolutes, two complete polar opposites, and we, we put in all these different steps to get from one to another. And then, once we've got from one to another, we carry on going. So, the word good and the word bad don't really carry with them any punch. If I said, tell me some bad behaviour, you might come out with an example, just like Timothy just did. If I said, tell me some abhorrent behaviour, you might come out with something quite sinister, quite evil. Because the difference between good and bad has been has been chopped and changed. I remember at school when um, you'd get your book back and it'd been marked and there was the dreaded red pen and uh, there, there was the, you, you'd, you'd be given a certain number of stars. I think it's up to I think five stars was the most. I, I, I'm guessing that. I never got it. Um, but um, the teacher would write there, um, it was either, your, your work was either, uh, well, worst case scenario, it just said, see me. And you thought, oh no, oh dear. That, that was never good. Um, but then you'd have... Um, uh, okay, good, very good, or excellent. There was sort of this, this, um, this, this merit chart. And so if you got your work back and it said good, that was pretty average, to be honest. You'd think, okay, yeah, it's, I've, I've done everything, but it's not very good or excellent. It's not outstanding. It's just, it's just good. So we've, kind of, we've taken the goodness out of good in our language. If you, say, if you come out of, um, I don't know, a, a film or something, and someone says, how was it? Would you go and see it again? What, what did you think of it? If you say, it was good. It's not really endorsing it much, is it? You're almost damning with faint praise. If you come out of a film and someone says, what was it like? And you say, that was absolutely superb. Then that person's probably going to go and watch the film. Because our language has, has grown these ideas. So if we're going to talk about goodness, what we need to do is go to the Bible and try and find an example of where goodness is explained. So I was looking for one this week, and the one I came up with, which I found very helpful in learning the difference between good and bad, from, from, a, from a biblical perspective, is the parable of the rich young man. Now, if you've, if you've got a Bible with you, then please turn to Matthew chapter 19. And you'll see from verse 16. Sorry, I've just called it a parable, haven't I? It's not a parable. This is the, this is the whole point. This is a live, living example. This is a conversation that Jesus had with somebody. This is, this is a real-life example, so we can take real-life learning from it and learn what Jesus means when Jesus hears the word good. Now a young man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? 
Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honour your father and mother and love your neighbour as yourself. All these I've kept, said the man. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, that teaches us a huge amount about this word goodness, about this, this, this part of our character, this thing that, that defines us. You know, are you a good person or a bad person? If someone says, he's a, he's a, he's a really good bloke, then that's quite a glowing endorsement. That, that's, that's a nice thing. We want to be known as good people. For, for some reason, one of, the, one of the criticisms that's been thrown at, um, at Christians over the years is there are a bunch of do-gooders, as if doing good is, is some sort of failure, some sort of bad thing, some sort of weakness. Unfortunately, that's because we live in a world where actually doing things for self is more important than doing good. Doing what is going to benefit you is more important than doing what is right. Unfortunately... That seems to be the world that we live in. But Jesus here, he's, come, he's, 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 he's walking along, he's had a busy day, he's been challenged by, uh, by Pharisees and it's been one of those days where he probably just wanted to get somewhere quiet, pray, eat and sleep. We all have days like that, don't we? And he's walking along and um, it's just so happened that a bunch of children have come up to him and he's seen the disciples ushering them away and he's probably had one of those moments, he's, Oh, for goodness, I've told you this. Let the children come to me. Come on, look, look, you want to be more like them, okay? Come on, guys. Right, kids, you are blessed. It's great to see you. He's, 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 he's spent some time with them. And then the kids have gone off. He's walking along and this rich guy comes up to him. Now, we don't know how um, it, was, it was made evident that he was rich, whether he was a local celebrity, whether he was a landowner, whether he was um, a governor of some sort, a ruler whether he was a businessman, we don't know. He could have come up in a chariot, he could have come up in, in fine, brightly coloured clothing. He could have had jewellery dripping off his fingers. We don't know. But we're told that he's a rich man. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life. An innocent enough question. We know from the rest of the passage, he goes on to say, I'm a good person. You know, I've kept the commandments. I don't steal, I don't adulter, I don't murder, I don't, um, I don't give false testimony, I honour my mum and dad, I love my neighbour as myself. I'm a good person. 
So I, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've done quite a lot. I feel like I'm pretty close to earning a place in this kingdom you talk about. What more? What do I need to do? I'm a good person. And Jesus jumps on that word. And this is why we should pay attention to it. This is why it's important. Because Jesus jumps on that like a dog with a bone and doesn't let it go. Because he wants to make a point. He sees an opportunity to make a point. Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who's good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. There's only one who is good. Now, saying that to, um, to a largely Jewish audience, they would think, God, the Father, the Creator, God is the only one who is good. Which seems slightly strange, because we all know good people. We all know good people who aren't Christians. Some of my closest friends and family, are, they're wonderful people. They're kind, they're generous, they're supportive, they're thoughtful. And you think, oh, you, you, you're more Christian than so many of the Christians I know. And yet, and yet, you don't know Christ. That's what this young man is saying. He's, he's sort of saying, I'm a good person. What more do I need to do? I'd love a piece of, of this, this, this kingdom you're talking about. I, I, I can see the value in it. I can see the importance. What can I do? And Jesus says, don't ask me about being good. There's only one who's good. Only God is good. Now, Jesus isn't saying there that he himself wasn't good. Jesus, Jesus was perfect. He has to have been because he was the son of God. He was, he was God in human form. If Jesus sins, then, then suddenly the purity of God is, is distorted and, and it cannot be. So Jesus was good when the rest of us are not. Because you see, the word good to Jesus actually means something entirely different. And we learn about that in verse 21. When Jesus has lifted the commandments and said to the guy, this is what you need to do to, to, to keep the law, the law that was given by God to be good under God. This is what you need to do. The guy, and he lists the commandments. The guy says, all of these I've kept. What do I lack? I've done everything, so what, what more? And Jesus changes the language. If you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions. You see, Jesus hears the word good and he doesn't think of okay, good, very good, excellent. He doesn't think of good as, well, I probably won't go and bother seeing, seeing that film then. My, my neighbour only said it was good. He said, yeah, it's good. He didn't say it was excellent, didn't say it was superb, didn't say it was brilliant, didn't say it was amazing. He just said it was good, so I'm not going to see it. Jesus doesn't think like that. For Jesus, it's, it's almost binary, it's either good or it's bad. So for Jesus, good is a form of purity. Good is untainted by sin. Good is without failure. Good is absolute faith in God. Good is, 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 is the purity of God that only Jesus himself could claim to have out of everybody that's ever walked on the face of this earth. And that's where, the, that's where language has changed over the years. You know, we can, say, we can say, Lord, I'm a good person. Why do I need to go through baptism? Why do I need to, to confess you as my God? If you're, if you're a just God, you'll look at my life, you'll see that I've, 
that I've given to the poor, that I've helped friends, that I've, I've been selfless, that I've been kind, that I've, I've taken in people when they've needed shelter, that I've given to the home. You'll see that I've shown love, that I've been a good father, a good husband, a good mother, a good sister. You'll see that, I'm, that I've lived a good life. If you're just God, then there'll be a place in heaven for me. I don't need to follow you to believe in you. Jesus says, look, that's great. That is important. Yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing the things that the world says are good. Do that. But, there is another side to goodness in the Bible. And that is the side of spiritual goodness. There is no excellent, there is no standard higher than good. God is good. In that psalm that we read earlier, which I've now turned the page away from and didn't put a bookmark in. We read. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and love you see, the goodness of God is, is perfection. The goodness of God is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit works through us. The Holy Spirit helps us to become good people. We can never achieve goodness because goodness is perfection in Jesus' eyes. Jesus says, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in, in all these different subcategories. Either you're without sin and therefore you don't need me, you don't need the purity of God because you've got your own purity, or you're a sinner. If you are good, you're without sin. If you're a sinner, you can't be without me. And that's why we need Jesus. You see, goodness is, is it's listed as a, a fruit of the Spirit and sometimes we can patronise that and we can make it out that um, it's, oh yeah, that's just being, being a, a, good, a good person, being a nice person. But actually it's so much more. The fruit of the Spirit, we should be striving to be Christ-like in the way that we are, the way that we conduct ourselves. Goodness is an unattainable level for us, but it's still one that we should strive for. It's still one that we should seek to achieve. Because one day, we will be made good. One day, we will stand before God and we will say, Jesus is speaking for me. And through Jesus, we will be made good again. When God created the world, he looked around it and at every stage he looked at creation. It was good. Because the world was made perfect. And then after the fall, it wasn't good anymore. Today the world is not good. Good things happen. There are moments of goodness. But the state of the world is not yet good. But it will one day be made good. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. One day, goodness will be restored. But in the meantime, our job is to strive for goodness on a personal level. Strive to encourage others to be good. Strive to achieve this, this, this perfection that Jesus says, when you get there, you're without, you're without sin, you are pure. And the only way that we can do that is on the day when we stand in judgment and we say, Jesus, you're going to speak for me on this one, aren't you? And he'll say, yeah. 
and then we'll be made good forever. So let's think about the language that we use. As Christians, we, um, we can sometimes take these words which are thrown around in everyday conversation. When we see them in Scripture, when we see them listed in that, that wonderful list, the fruit of the Spirit, you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It almost sounds, it almost sounds like one of, the, one of the lesser qualities. It sounds almost childish, goodness. It sounds so basic, but actually it's one of the most valuable facets of the fruit of the Spirit. Good, in the eyes of Jesus, is perfection. The rich young man goes away sad because he's been told to sell all his possessions, give to the poor. The disciples then, then challenge that and, and Jesus says it's, it's harder for a rich man to get in, it's, sorry, it's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. No wonder the guy went away sad. He was really devastated. I've tried so hard and I've just been told it's not enough. But of course, all he needed to do was follow Jesus. Instead of saying, what more can I do? I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I'm obedient, I'm good, I've done everything. What more can I do? It's not about what we do. We cannot buy. We cannot earn. We cannot bring ourselves to a point where we deserve salvation, a place in God's kingdom. It's not possible. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus is the one that will make us good. That rich young man, we don't know what happened to him. We never hear of him again. He may have been in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday acknowledging Jesus as king or he may have been one of the mockers on Good Friday cheering as the cross was hoisted up and Jesus took his last breath. Or he may have gone away thinking, what a waste of time. I'm not going to bother with listening to that guy anymore. Isn't that what he's talking about? I am good. What right has he got to tell me otherwise? We don't know. Or, and let's hope, he may have gone home. He may have sold all his possessions. He may have given to the poor. What's important, though, is that we read that story and we're just reminded... We're not good. Sometimes we can be good. Sometimes we've... There was an incident yesterday where Timothy, for about an hour, was outstandingly well behaved, even by his usually high standards. <coughs> Ten minutes after, we had to have a quiet word because he stopped being good. It's a pattern of life, isn't it? Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong. But to be called good is that day that Jesus comes back. We're wiped clean and we take our place in God's kingdom. And on that day, us and the world created for us will be looked upon by God and he will say, it is good.